0: In a world of stereotypes, being called a geek comes with a certain image
1: There is still that ingrained thing within me that is a little bit embarrassed about it
0: In reality, geek culture has never been more mainstream and behind every geek is a real story
1: My dad was the one who got me into Star Wars
0: and things Join me, your super dummy Paul, as I continue my learning experience and talk to the real people I'm a secondary school teacher, so I teach 11 to 16-year-olds in English. Subscribe to Era of Geek to hear their stories. It's one of them, like, you've ever going to grow up? And I'm like, no, why should I? I I like my life. I I enjoy what I do. This is my hobby. Search for Era of Geek on your favourite podcatcher or go to superdummy.co.uk slash geek.
1: Indie Comic Spotlight. So our friend Hannah over at Superfan Productions had an amazing book that she wanted us to cover here on ICS called Palomino and I was unable to do it and it's a noir story and I said you know who wants to do it? My friend Heath. He's been on here a bunch of times with me talking about Sin City. He loves noir. I love noir. Jack loves noir. People on Indie Comic Spotlight love noir. So here we are, not we, not me, but Heath talking about Palomino enjoy the show all
0: right hello this is indie comics spotlight uh on the uh comics in motion podcast network uh, this is Heath the door normally i'm uh, tony's sidekick but um um i'm taking over today as the host of the show so i'm talking to stefan frank and we're talking about palomino his uh new graphic novels that are coming out um through kickstarter right now so um Without further ado, I'm going to introduce Stefan right now, and uh, he can give us a little bit more information about Palomino. So what would be like the elevator pitch for Palomino?
1: So Palomino is a, an L.A. crime story. It's a crime mystery that takes place in L.A. in 1981. And we're in the world of the country music clubs of the San Fernando Valley of the era. So it's a, it's a world we've never really quite seen before, especially in the noir like that all based on a real place real location because the palomino was a legendary club in la and so we have this guy who's a you know former cop and he's now a working musician by night at the palomino and by the uh, private detective and he's got this daughter who's a teenager lisette who's she's she's funny she's like she's an old soul for a kid and she's like even more hard-boiled than he is and and uh, um and you know you know she's a she's a detective she's a true detective by by nature you know and so between the two of them uh, uh you know uh, uh, we have a crime of course a new crime that's wedging its way into their lives and that's kind of reopening old wounds because there's this big tragedy that's looming over their family and uh you know it's off to the races
0: yeah i i i read it and it, it's It's really brilliant, and uh, she does kind of steal every scene. Mm -hmm. Uh, She reminds me a lot of the people I grew up with. Uh, Me and Tony grew up together, uh, and you know, it's a lot of like hanging out on roofs and smoking cigarettes, and yeah. But she's she's kind of doing the stuff that we wish you could do, and yeah, she's she's a pretty wild character.
1: Yeah, she's Um, she's she's a lot of you know I. You know, I have two daughters who are, you know, they're they're no longer teenagers. They're they're grown, but they're super badass. And so, a lot of their spirit kind of got into this character.
0: Nice. Um, so, what do you think it is about the hardboiled genre that that you needed to tell in that kind of I mean, this intersection between country music and, and the the hardboiled genre? What did you think was the draw for you to uh, for this story?
1: Well, I mean, there's the um, on on the the high concept of it, if you will, right? Like the Palomino Club was a legendary place, but it was a wild place, right? It, it was uh, um, in its heydays, right? You could you could find you know John Belushi and Jerry Lewis, you know uh, Jerry Lewis get, getting drunk at the bar together. You you could have you know evil Knievel because it was a big stuntman hangout place, you know. Uh, sitting in front and at any moment, you know, um, Willie Nelson or a Beatle, you know, like maybe you know Harrison or something, you know, could just pop up on stage because you never knew who was there. It was like the cross section of Hollywood, the B side of Hollywood, I call it, but also of the music world. It was one of the top music spots in town. And then in front, you know, like the the owner's dad had this old model T that was parked in front that was riddled with bullets um that you know had been put there by the cops you know that he you know because that his dad right used to drive during the prohibition era when he was you know chased by the cops and stuff so when you kind of get the vibe of that place you know it is a, a super ripe place for an alien war story and because you know we've, we've seen alien war you know in the 40s in the 50s you know with very sort of landmarky kind of la you know the the hollywood sign you know city hall and stuff like that and that yeah. sort of stuff is great but there's another la the la of the san fernando valley that you know we've seen in movies like uh, every which way but loose or hooper or you know stuff like that uh, that used to be a real la and uh, um but we've never seen it connected to like a real classic, neo noir sto- crime story, you know. So, so that that that's all that stuff is super fun, and um, so I, I call it like a, it's yeah it's a neo noir, but it's also like crisscross with what I would call an Altman movie, you know, because uh, um, it is very slice of life between the, you know, the father and daughter the life as a working musician. I used to be a musician myself. I played in clubs like that for years and years and years. So that's a world that I know really well. Even the old musicians from the PAL, uh, uh, by the time I arrived in LA, that club had been closed. But I worked with them and we became friends and worked with them in other clubs and situations and stuff. And um, so so there's a very lived in kind of vibe to it. it. It's really like trying to capture an era that's come and gone. I mean, it, in all its cultural significance in its everyday kind of life, the texture of life kind of significance and doing all that in an LA crime story in a way that you've not quite seen presented before.
0: Yeah. But, um... Yeah, I know that, like, the, yeah, the hillside strangler in the late 70s, and you had uh Dorothy Stratton, yeah. the, the movie star 80. The, there's this like, yeah, underpinning kind of everywhere in LA. I mean, my my hero is like as a writer is James Elroy because it's mm. and his mother was killed in '59. But his memoir, I've been re- listening to at work, uh, The Hilliker Curse, and he described Sunset Boulevard in the early 80s was like just it was filled with prostitutes, but like prostitutes who were like teachers or just are trying to make, you know, college students. So it wasn't like this stereotypical, you know, working girl. It was this kind of very, very different time period. I mean, much before the whole metal scene came in. But yeah, it, it's like you're, you're taking a slice of history that we're, that we might not know about in an area of, of, of you know, the county that, um, that hasn't been shown. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, there's a, um, a thing that existed back then that doesn't really exist in the same way anymore. Is the, you know, the, the, you know, the working musician, right? Because back then you could work at a club like that, be in a house band, you know, at the Palomino for six nights a week and make a, you know, decent living, living and, and you know, buy a house in LA, raise your family and all that stuff. But those days don't really exist anymore. And, and so in a way, like the, the working musician has become like the the canary canary in the coal mine for like the, the American middle class, what's happened to it in the last 30 years, you know? So there's a lot of, It's really fun there's a lot of humor there's a lot of wits there's a lot of but you know there's also it's very grounded in reality in history um and uh yeah
0: it it's very interesting to me because it feels like the palomino is a huge character that's kind of invisible but all encompassing like and i love that because if you look at like like tony and i've been covering sin city for the last year and a half volume by volume yeah. and Katie's there that they're the club in Sin City is it's 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 there but it's not really a character it's still just a place like the in Sin City but it it, it the pal the pal just seems to be like this um this, this character there and I I love that about it and I love the uh yeah the different characters who are in in the club so it, it right. it's very 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 cool and in the, the way that you're your panels are and everything. It's, uh, um, I'm not sure, are you working just digitally? Are you doing, are you drawing it physically? Is it all just digital that you draw these days? Well, I mostly draw
1: on the, on a, on a tablet, you know, on the, on the Wacom tablet. So like a lot of people draw on Cintiqs, right? So there's literally, right? but I draw on the flat tablet that I, I actually look at the screen. I don't look at my hand, my hands on the tablet, but it, but it is uh, digital. And uh, you know, obviously, it takes a lot longer to draw, you know, on paper. But it doesn't
0: feel to me. It doesn't feel because you have like a very, your deft to pencils. It doesn't feel to me like it's like it is digital. It feels like it, but at the same time, just kind of this blurring away of the panels, which I think adds to the 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 the, the noir, hard-boiled yeah. atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I've really liked your the the angles that you came in. um, it's very, very cinematic. Like I could just see this on, on Netflix at any time. Like mm-hmm. I, it, I, I was describing it to my wife as it's like, uh, was it Veronica Mars meets like uh, gas food lodging. And I remember that movie from the nineties and she had no idea what that movie was, but that, and I feel like a, a little bit of like, um, uh, what's his name from Detroit. Oh, Elmore Leonard, a little Elmore Leonard in there that, that kind of, the the reality of the of the characters, just like you know um eileen's bodyguard just like hey you know (laughs) lay off me you're just kind of you're carving on my sexuality and it's kind of like these these very human moments that come through that's right it's
1: just like oh sorry go ahead
0: it's like lissette's best friend talking about and, and that's I like that how you don't forget that it's a hard-boiled story because, like Lisette's talking about, you know, she, her friends talking to her, her best friends talking to her about her dad It's like, you know, he start and they talk about when he starts to mumble. That's when like the real shit goes goes down. And I, I really like that because it's that. What kind of draws me to 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 the genre is that it's it, it's so much about desperate men and their last stand. It's it's almost yeah. like it like it's almost like a western too in that way, but it's. It's what I love about it, and the, and that it's so American too. Is that the other thing I was gonna say? Do you think that, like a hard-boiled story, could exist in another country? And I'm I'm, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure. And I think genre is genre. And it'd be interesting to see it set in different ways. But there's this. It's just. It seems like it's so American that it's as much as the western, or you know. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I think you said it really well. You know, I, I think it's about characters who are on thin ice. You know, whether they know it or not, right? Uh, even that whole scene at the Palomino—that's you know, a scene that was thriving, right? Like for forty years or whatever. I mean, that's a place you're talking—you're talking about like, you know, five uh, hundred people on a Tuesday night, like every day of the week, like uh, you know. And then, and then, the, it's you know, ten years later, it was all sh- you know shuttered. You know, uh, uh, so. Because the times that changed, you know, many things that, you know, and and so on every level, there are people who are on thin ice. And I think what's really nice about noir character is that it's people who at the end of the day really struggle with the presence of evil in the world, right? Meaning that the cynicism that they have, it's, it's, it's an armor, it's just a protection underneath their extremely uh um idealistic people you know there are people with this sense of justice that is kind of burning and it would be so much easier and honestly much safer for them if they could just let let things go look the other way but they just can't this is just not in their nature it's just like you know damn it well, you know, I, like,
0: I think you have a deft a deft hand with it as a creator because i, I read a lot of, i read a lot of like ed brubaker and stuff and I love Ed and I love Sean Phillips. I've been fans of theirs since the Vertigo days. But it, like, my wife has read a bunch of stuff too, because my wife's been reading comics for 30 years. But she doesn't read superheroes. She only reads mainly horror. And I mean, she's she's got a Strangers in Paradise tattoo from Terry Moore. I mean, she's. Oh, that's awesome. But 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 we both read Velvet. We both read The Fade Out, and it was like can't nail the landing, Brubaker. Like I'm sorry, Ed, but he couldn't nail the landing. And so I think that. Not that we've seen the end of, I've seen the end of Palomino, but to me, it's like that. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just getting this, the story in the right way to, to end it. But it's, uh, but you, I'm saying you have a deft, a deft hand at like not making it gratuitous. The violence doesn't feel gratuitous. The sex doesn't feel gratuitous. It's, it's, and it's not, it's, it's just the right amount to me. It's like, because I think in Hard Boiled, it, it can, turn into horror <laughs> and, right, right. and and certain, certain writers will just go to the extreme. I mean, like I love James Elroy. I talk about him almost every episode of the Sin City podcast and, then, and this episode too, but it's, he doesn't believe in that night of a, of a detective. He's for 40 years, he's been like, no, there's no good. You you can do a good thing, but you're not a, necessarily a good person. Whereas that, that detective... It's like I'm the shining white knight, I'm gonna, you know, it's like Mickey Spillane's Mike Hammer, which I do love some Mike Hammer, but it's so a product of its time and mm-hmm. the prototype, you know, for every action star. But I like that we see um, we see him as a father with Lissette and having these scenes and it's and that that to me as a father myself. I have a daughter. Yes. It's just, yeah, you got me right there. It's like, yeah,
1: so you know he's yeah, you know he's, he's,
0: it's not the last Boy Scout. He's not this shit. You know, it's like his, this guy's a dad and then he's all these other things. Yeah. So. yeah,
1: all those dimensions to his personality and none of them are black and white or white. You know what I mean? Like they're all shades of grays of everything. You know, is he a great dad or is he not a great dad? You know what I mean? Is, is he the one who's keeping her safe? Or is it the one who might get, you know, start to spin out of control? There's nothing, you know, he, you know, even his relationship with being a detective, an investigator, right? Is it something that he's seeking or is it something that he just can't deny? Although, you know, so so it, it, it's it's just, that's, I think what makes you human, right? It's just like no one, everybody feels ambivalent about every single aspect of your life you know, like it's just just the human nature you know everything has a cost every metal has a flip side and and so it's just trying to keep that real in the characters uh, uh and never just um try to bend them to just like well the story really needs to go this way no i mean like it's the story lives in the characters and their decisions you know
0: yeah so um how long is this how long did as the development of this story take place? I mean, have you been working on this through the pandemic or is this, I mean, what yeah. kicks what, what kickstarted this off in your creative mind?
1: Well, so, you know, like the, the, the there's a lot of different concepts that I have, you know, in, in my head, you know, the high concepts, like, you know, like, oh yeah, this would be really cool if we could do this, like this, blah, blah, blah. And so I have them and they kind of, you know, like bounce around in my head sometimes for years, right? Palomino, like the concept I've had for, I would say at least 15 years, if not longer. Uh, um, but I can't really touch them until I really know, until I have like a real human angle into the characters. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, there's a relevant angle that just presents itself. And I'm like, yes, I know what it's about. And so for this one, um, when I started working on the on the first uh, on the first book, uh, I was writing the, the first book, and um, it was just like for about a year. I was like, I just don't know, you know. And, and and then one morning, I just woke up and I saw this scene between this guy and his daughter, you know. And the scene, you know, at the end of the day is not in the book, right? But it didn't find its right place in the book. But the scene had everything. Like it, I knew once I wrote this scene and like the scene was, he was coming in one night and, you know, and um, and she had had friends over, you know and she says, you know, it was, and they would like the way they were going about it. it, it and it started as a pretty cliche situation which that's why it's not in the book. And it doesn't feel real to where they are now. But but the point is, the scene was really fun because it turned because the scene was everything you expected until she yeah. responded, and then her voice was already there. I knew who she was, and then once so when I wrote wrote that scene, I was just like, okay, now I know what this is. I know what this story needs to be. So uh, um, I, so I did the first volume, who uh, which we. Um, did the kickstarter campaign for in 2020 that went really fantastic uh, um w- and then something kind of th- that was right at the beginning of covid you know and so there was no conventions there was you know there was no real rush so yeah. we didn't really start sending the book out into the, i mean so of course we fulfilled the kickstarter which was you know already like a bunch of books you know but um after that there was a, like a little like okay, let, let's let's just stash this away for now, and let's try to understand how we're doing this now in the new, you know, <laughs> in the world as it is now. In the new world, <laughs> right? In the new world, and so meanwhile, between those three years, right? I, I was also extremely busy working on 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 what if, you know, for Marvel, and and so, but at the same time, I was grinding away on the, you know, and and by the time I was. I put the you know pencil down. I was like, "Holy crap! I have two <laughs> I have two new volumes," and I realized that I had gone all the way to. I mean, of course, I knew what I was doing, but but it became clear that yeah, okay. So now I have volume one, two, and three out of four. The the story will concluding four, and so now we're doing the 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 Kickstarter for the the first run of uh, volume two and three. But th- that's been kind of like the timeline and like a weird uh um, weird thing where usually you know until then with silver and, and, and all that stuff, you know, the, the the books were coming out, going to the stores as they were being produced every year. It was or, or you know, a year, year and a half there was a new book or whatever. Uh and for this, it kind of it, you know, of course, the the whole COVID kind of disruption and stuff, and uh um so so it's uh so a lot of people are discovering the series now and they go wow you have three books coming out That's great right because they didn't realize that we've had the the first one for a couple of years already but it, yeah. it's it's sort of on we didn't really push it out aggressively into the world you know
0: yeah i i hadn't really written anything in like 10 years and then when I'm stuck in my apartment in Michigan, I'm in Colorado right now, but um, there was like no excuse. I'm like, okay, I have to write, start writing. So then, it kind of, uh, I hadn't talked to Tony in years, and then we started doing podcasts, and it's and it's just, it's been, it's been interesting because I've never, I've been doing more, and it's like there's kind of, there was kind of like no excuses anymore. <laughs> I mean, the the fantasy writer Brandon Sanderson wrote like six novels and kickstarted them all and made like 12 million dollars in you know a day but he like well i wasn't going to conventions and i wasn't traveling so i just wrote more it's like yeah like the great robert park b B parker who he was writing spencer and then he was like well i just i don't have any hobbies so i'll just write another series (laughs) it's like (laughs) you know i I just love that that creativity um it's like this creative boom almost because we didn't have anything going on or There's nowhere
1: else to go you just stay I, and, and, and be productive yeah
0: but i find that these characters like the characters you know it's like i'm sure you've experienced this just listening to the characters mm. and 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 these um characters helping you get through the you know through this not even through the story i mean for me it's always i always say it's in i'm in service of the story it's not about And then i present you know then you can present it but it's not like it's it's about money and it's not about you know anything else i mean isaac asimov famously said you know he was his biggest fear is that his editors would find out that he would be doing these books for for free even if they didn't pay him but um yeah so that's 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 really cool that the uh so um, let's see. What what about uh, uh, specifically about the the Kickstarter? Where can people go to contribute or to uh, get this book?
1: Well, so people can go to the the to Kickstarter and look for Stephen Frank's you know uh, Palomino Volume Two and Three, uh, um, and uh, just uh, just to be clear, so the the focus of the campaign, of course, is the new volumes two and three, but first volume is also available through the campaign so that if people are just discovering it now they can get the whole three books in all one fell swoop so that, that's great um you know people can always go to darkplanetcomics.com uh, um and so so there's a lot of cool stuff with the kickstarter so there's the you know there's the palomino books obviously which is is the focus but we're also offering the the hardcover editions that we're doing with Abrams, Abrams Comic Arts uh, of Silver, my my previous series, which uh, we published under Dark Planet Comics as four trades, and now Abrams is putting out as two, just really really beautiful uh, hardcovers. So uh, you know they're you know they'll be you know available wherever you know books are sold there all that stuff. But um, if you want a signed copy you know, then you can get it nice. directly from us through the through the campaign,
0: you know. Yeah, I think it, it's just a wonderful book and it's and it to me, it's like Eisner nominated Eisner winning level. It's just a wonderful story and I've been completely consumed with it and it's I can't say enough. So people need to go out and, uh, and buy this book because it's just it's just wonderful. Um, if you're a fan of fan of just good stories, or or noir, or hard boiled stuff. Not necessarily, or country music. It's it's very much about a music scene too. I I would say. Yeah. But, um,
1: yeah.
0: Um, so so, so if someone learning. needs to, yeah. to to track you down online, where we can where can we track you down?
1: Um, so people can find me, uh, you know, Stefan Frank. So the you have to look out for the spelling because it's it's S T E P H A N and then it's F R A N C K um so um there's two points of failure there. <laughs> possibly uh um so you can find me on facebook you can find me on, on twitter on instagram and uh under me or dark planet comics and people can go directly to darkplanetcomics.com if they want to and of course yeah. where they can go straight to kickstarter and look for the campaign palomino and this is going to come out
0: and you have what is are you? Uh, sorry, are you, are you part of what if season two as well, or?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, I'm directing. So that's
0: all in the work. That in the works too. Just what can't you say? Yeah, yeah. What if season two? Are you? Yeah, yeah. Working on that.
1: Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm directing new episodes for it now. It's been. Nice. Weird. I just cannot wait for people to see what we're doing. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, I loved season one and it was great because I had friends of mine who didn't even watch the MCU movies were just, they barely knew anything about the MCU stuff Mm -hmm. and they were just loving what it's. It's really, it's a really good. um, Yeah, but I'll let you go and uh, thank you for your time. Um, You said Palomino is is really good. Everybody should check out the Kickstarter. I'm going to have Tony put it in the show notes so we can definitely get steer people that way so um yeah i always want to thank you for your time
1: well, and
0: um thank
1: you for having me
0: yeah and uh like i said i really really love the book um i'm heath fedor uh you can find me at hb fedor at instagram and heath fedor at uh um facebook yeah um we also tony and i have uh there's a sonic salon is our other podcast venture. and it's basically it's people reading stories and i've got one that i read called 65 miles to ground zero which is a little uh hard-boiled spy story set in 1957 so um yep so this is that's what concludes the uh, indie comic spotlight thank you for listening everybody